0: Welcome to Mind of State, a podcast series on the intersection of politics and psychology.
1: I'm Michael Epstein. And I'm Betty Tang. And together, we are your hosts for Mind of State.
0: Today on the show, we have Tom Singer, MD. Tom is a Jungian psychoanalyst and psychiatrist with a lifelong interest in symbols. Tom serves as the president of ARAS, the Archives for Research into Archetypal Symbolism. A mouthful. For a number of years, Tom has been researching cultural complexes in different parts of the world and written several books on the subject.
1: This episode was recorded remotely after the first of the year when the government shutdown had only been in effect for six days.
0: And we invited Tom's dogs to participate. And they did very eagerly. In the podcast as well. So, yeah, this is a podcast that we recorded early, early in the new year. This shutdown was at that point still new. So enjoy. Hi, Tom.
2: Good morning. Hi, Tom. Good morning, Betty.
0: So, Tom, let me start by saying that uh, I told my wife that today we were going to be having a conversation about the Jungian symbolism of Trump's wall. And she just gave me this look like this is going to be the shortest lived podcast ever. <laughs> um <laughs> like there's maybe five people in the world uh, who are going to be able to file this conversation of three of them are actually in the podcast. (laughs) But I said, no, 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 no. Look, this is actually really fascinating stuff and it is important. So my first question to you is, why should we talk about symbols? Or really, I guess more to the point, why should we talk about the symbolism of Trump's wall? Why does it matter?
2: The reason talking about symbolism at all and symbolism of Trump's wall in particular is that the way we hear and think about the wall in the current media portrayal of the battle that's going on about it is it's all about emotion. And what symbols do, the power of a symbol is its ability to tap into deep collective emotion, emotion both in the individual and large groups of people. Symbols are particularly good, and they have been ever since man's been roaming the earth, at evoking deep emotions, which sort of short-circuit any kind of rational understanding or explanation of things. So a symbolic understanding allows us to Kind of grasp that what we're responding to has deep emotional origins. It's the key to the emotionality of the responses people have to, quote, the wall.
0: So it's like, it's as if a a symbol has a meaning, in other words, right? A Uh, symbol
2: has not just one meaning. A sign would have one meaning. If you see a red light, it means don't go through this intersection. A symbol, on the other hand, like the cross or the swastika, uh, has multiple meanings, even for one individual. So a symbol carries meaning and its capacity to carry many meanings simultaneously that deeply evoke our, our deepest human emotions, make it extremely powerful. All you have to do is say the wall and you're off to the races in terms of the emotionality uh, and the multiple meanings that it evokes in many different people.
1: So Tom, are you saying that symbols drive us? in the sense that they evoke the emotion. The symbols
2: do drive us at the same as locomotion. If you look at the ancient cave paintings that are discovered in France and other parts of the world, and Australia and so on, they're all symbolic images. They're mostly about hunter-gatherers, and they're, they're magical, potent um, images often, but also ritual actions that drive people to action and to deep feeling. Right.
0: I think it's interesting. You, a second ago, you said the wall. You just have to mention the wall. And, uh, you know, people immediately, it evokes feeling, emotion, either for or against. But we don't say a wall, right? It's the wall. And I, it's like already become an object, like a physical thing, even though it hasn't
2: been. That's built. a really important point because it's as if the wall is already real to us in our individual and group psyche, even though. Uh, The wall, as Trump envisions, it hasn't been built. It's as if it's already alive. And that's what a living symbol does. It comes alive, whether it actually exists physically or not. And
1: how does it drive us? You know, you see a symbol like you were saying, the swastika, the cross, and now the wall, emphasis on the what what about it moves well, us it
2: goes to the core of our deepest concerns which actually at the at the deepest level are about survival itself if you can touch something in a group of people or an individual that calls into question their very survival you can bet you're going to get a strong reaction the wall is about survival, at least in many people's minds. It's about whether we continue to exist as a particular kind of America or not. So the wall actually is about American survival as Trump has um, offered it to us.
0: And he's brilliant. I mean, let's let's for a second stop. And as a Jungian, I'm curious about your analysis of how Trump talks about the wall. Actually, let me just stop for just a second and play... Uh, Trump. This is a a, a a mashup of Trump on the campaign trail uh, in 2016 talking about the wall.
1: First
2: of all, I want to build a wall. I will build a great, great wall. On day one, we will begin working on an impenetrable, physical, tall, powerful, beautiful southern border wall it 's a real wall. This is a wall that 's a heck of a lot higher than the ceiling, and we 're going to have that big, beautiful door in the wall. They built the great wall of China that 's thirteen thousand miles. Here we actually need a thousand because we have natural barriers. walls' probably eight billion dollars, maybe ten or twelve billion dollars. The wall is peanuts. Remember this. The wall will be paid for by Mexico. Mexico is going to pay for the wall 100%. And I would build a wall like nobody can build a wall.
0: I built great buildings all over the world. What's more complicated is building a building that's
1: 95 stories tall.
2: Actually, the first thing I want to say in listening to that uh, tape, Michael, is I'm actually more impressed with the reaction of the crowd than I am with Trump's words because what he's playing for are those – Uh, That tremendous emotional excitement that he's generating in people, people are thrilled by what Trump is saying. That's what I mean by the emotionality of the symbol. Now, What I would say about Trump's use of that, it's interesting that he refers to the Great Wall of China, which actually started being built uh, well before the birth of Christ, I think two or three or 400 years before the birth of Christ. So he's already comparing himself and his creation to one of the greatest creations in human history. So that's
0: that's in keeping with the man, isn't it? Not a lot of humility
2: it's in he's not known for his humility; he is known for his grandiosity or his sense of his own largeness and bigness, and he's equating himself with his ability to build as an individual, but that translates to the people who are listening to them to our largeness as a nation and to making America great again so he's he's got a lot going on in the wall he's packing that all into the physical structure of the wall which he's comparing to the great wall of china and that's a symbol that's the power of a symbol to move emotional recruitment
0: right it's fascinating because you know if you wanted to uh, if you sit on the other side of this debate right that uh, whether that's for a different notion of immigration policy or the waste of a wall or the fact that it's not practical uh, or necessary um you know, any kind of rational conversation, facts, the Washington Post, right, or the New York Times or whatever, talking about, the, it's totally uh, apples and oranges. You're, you're talking past the people that um, show up at these rallies that support Trump, that believe in the wall, because they're not talking about facts. The wall means something entirely different beyond a rational Barrier, right?
2: Yes, that's absolutely right. And the reason, going back to uh, the reaction, perhaps of your wife, who said, "Well, you're going to have a, you're not going to have many people listening to this," is that we're having a tremendous emotional debate in this country, huge emotional debate, and there's very little room for actual rational dialogue or discourse or exchange because of the power of the emotionality. The reason you talk about symbols is to actually open up the discussion to include both the rational and the non-rational. You won't have a discussion until you let the non-rational in, and the symbol is carrying the non-rational.
1: So you're saying that the Washington Post, New York Times, those who are talking about reality Um, or facts.
2: Just just a minute. The dogs are. Sorry. Who let the dogs? Who let the (laughs) dogs? They're responding to the wall and they
1: are. (laughs) 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 They want to be on the podcast. podcast. I think Tom's dog should be on the top every podcast. My personal wall. (laughs) Yeah. Exactly.
0: exactly. (laughs) Was that the mail being delivered? Is that what happened?
2: I'm not sure what it is frankly, because they, they can bark at anything. Although, actually, the dog's barking is a really interesting thing because we all need a sense of protective barriers between us and an unknown world which is potentially dangerous outside of us. Um, I, I was in Africa several years ago, and I witnessed a group of water buffalo under attack by a pride of lions, and what was amazing to me was that the water buffaloes have a first line of defense. The old, strong bulls of the water buffaloes, they create a protective barrier around the rest of the herd. And if a, if a young water buffalo gets separated off by the lions from that, they actually will go out and pull the young buffalo back in before the lions are able to eat it. And then what's even more amazing is that the uh, older water buffalo in the defensive perimeter get tired and there's a second defensive line that then comes and replaces them and so animals know about the need for a protective barrier and what Trump's speaking to is an animal instinct about protective barriers that gets concretized in the physical uh, wall that he wants to build to protect us from some dangerous attack, whether it be drug dealers, criminals, whoever it is.
0: right but the problem the problem is is that those are often fictions, right I mean he's tapping into people's fears of the other and he's criminalizing people who are seeking refuge, asylum, uh, you know he's and I think for a lot of us, Perverting, undermining the notion of American uh, America as a beacon to build a wall. You can't. You can't be a beacon for the world if you've closed yourself off. You know. You can't. Um, the, the, the streets paved with gold, right? The, my grandparents coming to America for opportunity. People, immigrants coming for opportunity, uh, seeking asylum, seeking refuge from uh, the world. Uh, What you're talking about is, and he talks, I'm going to read a tweet, right? He says, have Democrats finally realized the desperate need for border security and a wall on the southern border need to stop drugs and human trafficking, gang members and criminals from coming into our country? Do the people who most, then he goes on, of course, to talk about the shutdown. Do do the Dems realize that most of the people not getting paid are Democrats? It's a little silly, but it's also really pernicious because he's made... Everybody outside the wall, on the other side of the wall, is the other.
2: Yes. Well, when I talk about the deep need for security and why the wall is so appealing, it's not that I'm advocating or embracing Trump's notion of the wall but as a psychologist understanding the power of a symbol i'm trying to recognize what it is that moves people to embrace his ideas it it actually doesn't have to do whether whether the fear is real or not
1: right right and and to my point earlier so how do you you were saying before you need to recruit both parts of the brain the thinking and the or aspects of of mind the thinking and the emotions the to the mind of state um, to have a dialogue with folks who are driven by these emotions or or recruited by these symbols and and how how do we do that How do we have this dialogue where people are very driven by these compelling I was compelled by that wall speech and and I could I I'm, I'm surprised that I was um, so I understand this this emotionality piece, but it's fantasy, as as you were both pointing out. So how do we recruit reality into fantasy when fantasy is so compelling?
2: Well, actually, that's one reason to have a discussion about symbols, it seems to me, because you're trying to create the psychic space for people to begin to understand one another. And if you start off by saying, you know, everything you're thinking and believing and feeling is an illusion. It's unreal. It's fear-based and you're crazy for embracing the idea of the wall, which is actually how people feel when they hear us say that this is all an illusion and a fantasy. It's an
1: attack on them. Well, I wouldn't listen to that. I'd be insulted.
2: Yes. Yes. So you have to try and create a bridge, even if even if in today's society, nobody seems interested in creating bridges of mutual understanding. But it, it would be my notion that to get any kind of bridge of understanding, you need to walk around the symbol of the wall and talk about what it means and the feelings that it evokes in people who are for or against it. That feels like an impossible task, but I don't know where else you begin.
0: You guys have brought up two symbols in, in- Certainly the symbol of the cross, right? Uh, The symbol of the swastika, the two countervailing, I mean, they're connected in some odd historical ways. But let's talk about America. You know, one of the symbols, uh, as you guys were just talking, I thought of the flag, right? Because the flag is a very powerful symbol. And it's it's been used politically as a also very uh, divisive symbol, which it shouldn't be, right? I mean, we're all Americans. We all have different emotional connections to our country and sense of pride and yet this the flag is not a the flag's not a metaphor right it it's not it doesn't stand in for something else it is its own living breathing thing that has meaning for people and it's so fascinating to me that we're now doing the same thing with a wall and actually not even a physical wall a proposal for a wall a conversation about a wall a fantasy wall a fantasy wall Yeah. But if you say a fantasy wall... People can turn off. Yeah. Tom, what do you think? Am I wrong?
2: I I think you're absolutely correct that um, the power of living symbols to move us with emotional reactivity is paralyzing the country. The symbol of the wall has brought the government... To a standstill. It's kind of amazing, but that's the power of a symbol to move people because of its direct link to unconscious or pre conscious or semi conscious, a deep emotional reactivity. As long as a group of people are Seized by collective emotion about which they can't think, and there's no room to think or no room to discourse or to dialogue, you're in deep trouble. That's exactly where we are. The symbol of the wall has shut down the government.
0: Because it means security for some, fantasy for others. It's worse. It's, you know, it's, it's on one side, it means security. So if Trump gives up on the wall, he's let by his own definition the mongol horde through right he's going to he's imperiled physically imperiled you and on the other side of the equation there stand those people who say that you that's the symbol of the wall actually undermines the openness the generosity the freedom the the america as a refuge the ideas of america which which people are also emotionally clear. those two things strike me as utterly incompatible and i don't know how we move forward
2: that's precisely the point michael that they're utterly incompatible and that the wall evokes the emotional reaction of their being utterly incompatible you It feels as though it can't be a both and the need for security as opposed for the need for openness and warm heartedness and generosity of spirit. They seem to be mutually exclusive. And when a symbol gets as concretized as that, you're totally you're stalemated. You're immobilized. immobilized. I actually have the fantasy and it's just a fantasy that right now it's important for Trump To evoke and play with the symbol of the wall, at which, as you suggested earlier, he's a master, because he needs his own wall right now. He's under ferocious attack. And it promises only to get worse in terms of the Mueller investigations and other House-led investigations. So when we're talking about the wall at our southern border, we actually may be talking, or this is one interpretation, about Trump's need for an impenetrable wall to protect his presidency. That's how confusing these things get. We may not even be talking about the wall. The government may have come to a standstill because Trump personally is feeling so threatened and so under attack that he's diverting and displacing this huge emotional energy onto something that was his original campaign promise, which was to get him out of here. His first talks were get him out of here. And the wall is the direct consequence of how powerfully people reacted to his saying get him out of here, whether it was Latinos or Muslims or anybody other than his fantasy or of who we are as a nation.
1: Yeah, and you were talking earlier, Tom, about this this wall of being protection against or or meaning for survival. And so linking that to what you just said, this is not just about American survival, this is about Trump's own survival, or it's it's become enmeshed, it's become linked. And so we that that implies that we are not surviving. Because if we need to protect ourselves from attack, if we need to, to protect ourselves with a wall, that means that there is a threatening force. So so when you're, you were talking earlier that we needed psychic space, can you say more about what psychic space is? Well, if,
2: if you're governed and motivated only by your deepest emotions, as you know well, Betty, it becomes impossible to have complex thoughts or to think at all because the emotion is so powerful and emotion is not Emotion is not graciously inclusive. Emotion knows simply what it knows. If you're if you're a fan of the New York Mets or the St. Louis Cardinals or whichever team you root for, you're not rooting for your opponent. You're only rooting for the victory of your own team. When you get emotionally engaged with an issue, the capacity for thinking diminishes or becomes so extremely oversimplified that they're. Can be no
1: discourse.
0: Mine. Mine. Right. Can I ask you, Tom? You know, one of the things that uh, you know, as for John Kelly's exit interviews and other people have mentioned, is oh, don't think about the wall as a wall. Think about the wall as a metaphor. Uh, think about the wall is you know it, it means security. Um, it, you know the wall. We we know we're going to have drones and all these other high tech things. The wall, I mean, literally they've said the wall is a metaphor. Are they, are they trying to find a way to walk back the symbol? Is that going to be successful in your mind?
2: It, it was that was a very interesting set of exchanges to follow whether Trump was speaking literally and specifically about a physical wall. And then the attempt in my mind, it was an attempt to walk it back and say, well, it's just a metaphor. But then Trump immediately came back and said that was a that, that was a misunderstanding. He really is talking about a wall, a physical wall. He refused to let them walk him back because I think that's where his shrewdness comes through. I think he He understands that the physical wall as a symbol should not be diluted into a metaphor because that's not where the emotional power of the appeal to the wall is. He wouldn't let them walk it back.
0: And metaphors and symbols are not the same thing. Metaphors
2: and symbols are not the same thing because it makes it more complex. It says, well, we have a wall here, and then we have some electronic devices there, and we have some more men over here. And that already makes it more complex, whereas the wall, there's no complexity about it. (laughs) It is what it is. Right.
0: I was thinking, you know, in in this... Vain. Nobody gets all emotionally worked up over a metaphor. <laughs> well, my, my my English teacher, maybe a an MFA, a poet. An MFA, a poet. A poet. Right. Exactly. If you were in an MFA workshop, you would get worked up over metaphors. But you get worked up over symbols. You people get worked up over the flag uh, as a, as a powerful symbol, and the wall has become that. So, if I can go back for just a second, because you had said something that I found fascinating. Trump himself right now rightly feels under assault. The Mueller investigation, the Democrats taking over Congress, the multiple uh, subcommittees within Congress that are likely going to start subpoenaing. And so you think he's also mixing – These there's some transference, if I can – as a non-professional, am I allowed to do that? Can I say that? Yes, even if it's
2: incorrect, you're allowed to say it.
0: uh, We'll edit it out. (laughs) They'll edit it out afterwards. Make me seem smarter than I really am. Uh, So is there some in your mind, I mean, should we also be thinking about the wall in terms of the Russia investigation as well or other things happening? Um, And if so, what hope... What hope do we have? Are we going to be coming back here uh, at Labor Day and having this conversation all over again?
2: Well, I think there are multiple walls that we are talking about. Uh, There is the defensive wall that Trump has tried to build around himself in terms of the Russian case. And that does seem to be at least there are cracks in that wall now. Uh, Things are quickening. The election of 2020 now is suddenly sort of upon us. And I think he's wanting to remobilize his base to to get back to the core issues that they identified with. But you see, the wall is also not just about Trump and it's not just about the United States. It's actually about the whole world. If you look at Europe They're besieged with the same kinds of concerns about immigration. They're terribly afraid of what immigration means to their own society. So Trump is not just reflecting a a, a peculiarly American symbolic and very real issue about immigration and uh, migration, but it, it reflects a worldwide problem, which is how defensive do we have to become in order to protect our own interests? And that's a kind of universal human concern right now. I'm just
1: thinking about the fact of, you know, borders and walls and this globalization or the global problem and, and how it relates to globalization and how this, this symbol of a wall and how simple it is and how complicated globalization is with multiple trade agreements and,
0: and companies that don't really exist anymore as a multinational. Yeah, multinationals
1: who function as countries themselves and and the complexity of of these things that we do not understand the financial markets, um the the, the derivatives problem, which I, I source is one of the spheres that people have where the entire American economy nearly collapsed in 2007 in ways in which few people understand except for some quants on Wall Street. And even if you do understand it, there's nothing you can do about it. Right, exactly. And so broadening it outside of Trump, like Trump might equal simple, wall is simple, and symbols are simple. And this antidote of simplicity to an increasingly complex world, which, you know, the internet and the information revolution has allowed us to know more about um and and i wonder tom if what you what you think of the this proliferation or this this usefulness of a wall that that trump somehow has has capitalized on
2: yeah i i i i think you've sort of nailed it betty what came to mind the first thing that comes to mind is that because Uh, many of us really oppose the wall for all sorts of reasons that we've already discussed. It's easy to overlook the positive function of a wall. And as I was thinking about this, uh, Tibetan tankas came to mind. That sounds very esoteric, but if you look at the, some of the deepest spiritual traditions of, of uh, in, in the religious world and the religious mind, often when they're representing what's most sacred, It's surrounded by a wall. You don't get access to what's most sacred without having protective barriers around that. That seems to be what we in the Jungian world would call an archetype, that what's sacred needs to be protected.
1: And And why is that?
2: Because it's vulnerable, because what's most sacred can easily be trashed. If you look at the news today about our national parks and the fact that that there's no, there are no rangers or anybody else there. There are no support services. They've literally already been trashed. The garbage is overflowing, the toilets are overflowing. In order to have a treasure, you need to protect it. Otherwise, it gets trashed. And that's whether it's a physical treasure like a national park or a spiritual treasure, uh, such as some sort of uh, deep spiritual insight into the nature of being itself, or uh, an emotional uh, treasure of one's own vulnerability and sanctity, it requires there are defensive walls for reasons. And we need to acknowledge that. If we're going to have an intelligent discussion about walls, we need to acknowledge that in human history, there's been a positive function for walls. Those of us opposed to the wall see the wall as evil or as negative, and we're really missing something. And then back to your point, Betty, which is that we are being, being assaulted by so many different ideas, by so much information, whether whether it be the internet or whether it be trade agreements, it's all way more complex than any one individual or group of individuals feels that it can manage. And in that sense of being overwhelmed, including the threat of extinction because of climate change, these are Unacceptably intolerable things to be able to think about. So you build walls around it. Climate denial is a kind of psychological wall against something that's unimaginable. And I do think the growing complexity of globalization and information and Internet technology is uh, is deeply threatening to all of us. When you walk down the street and you see eight out of 10 people Mm -hmm. on their cell phones, you wonder about the nature of human communication.
0: But if I can, you know, when you guys were talking about this, I don't see vulnerability. If I transport myself emotionally into the border states, and there's certainly vulnerability, and and Trump talks about being under attack. But all the things that you guys have been discussing, uh, say, the the walls in Tibet, the walls in Mm Jerusalem— It's not just the, the thing that's precious. It's the inside is, is vulnerable. It's yes, precious. That's right. Right? You build a wall because something has meaning and value. And it's really precious. And so if you don't want a wall, what you're saying is you don't value this thing. If you don't want a wall, you're saying you don't recognize how special, how precious, how totally unique it is. And you're going to deface it. You're going you know, you know, to... Expose it. Ex- yes. Expose it to the elements. Expose it to Marauders. the... Marauders. To the marauders, you, you know. Even if it survives, uh, y- you don't see how precious, important it is. Not vulnerable, uh, you miss its importance by by opposing a wall, and that, to me, I think is also a huge part of this. And debate. I
1: think it speaks to a fragility that that there's, as you're talking about, Michael, I think that's that's the emotional component of the symbol. And in Trump's, he kept saying big, beautiful, tall, big, beautiful, tall, with the shining doors, this thing was was like a, a in and of itself a trophy of sorts. Right. And that you know, it, it ceased to become a wall. And I don't know what the door meant in in the wall, but but he had constructed this this monolithic, beautiful thing in all of our minds that he feels maybe equates to the preciousness of the United States. I'm not really sure, but, it, but the emotion is, is spot on. He's hitting, he, you're right, Tom, he's hitting an emotional core. And, and maybe both sides need to acknowledge that emotional core is important in order to have a conversation about this.
0: Yeah, if I can, we, we're running out of time, but I'm going to say, you know, the 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 interesting thing in prepping for this is how s- symbols of walls have different meanings at different times, and when listening to you guys talk about the sense of threat, the sense of change, the sense, well, you have lack of control in a multinational world where you know economies come and go and you have no say over it. And You don't even get a sense that the politicians do But Thinking about Reagan standing outside the Brandenburg Gate, um, I went back and listened to the speech. First of all, I was amazed by how brilliant it was. Uh, it made me actually shockingly nostalgic for Reagan. Uh, but what he spoke of was freedom, tearing down a wall because you, you, the wall kept people away. You know the wall. The wall for Reagan uh, meant something drastically, dramatically different, right? The the Soviet Union built a wall to keep people in. For the longest time, we thought of walls as bad, because of the Berlin Wall, say. And now we have a different world, and we think of walls symbolically in a very, very different way.
2: Absolutely. The Berlin Wall was to keep people in, and the and the uh, Mexican Wall is to keep people out. They serve entirely different functions. One we want to tear down, and the other we want to build. Both the name of protecting our precious freedom as we perceive it.
0: Let me ask you this last question, Tom. Let me before we wrap up. If you were advising. Democrats and/ or Republicans in congress if if somehow we're going to end this stalemate and get back to functioning, and if the as you say earlier, the wall the symbol of the wall has completely frozen and arrested the functioning of our government uh, as a Jungian analyst, what advice would you give them in terms of how they talk about the wall or how do they talk to each other about the wall so we can move forward
2: I think I would advise our Leaders to try and do the same thing that we've just been trying to do, which is to have a real discussion about what it means to us and both the positive and negative reactions we have to the function of a wall and see if instead of having to be so concrete about $5 billion for the wall or not the wall, to Reinitiate a serious discussion about immigration and immigration policies. All of this, actually, all of the talk about the wall has, among other things, stopped any real serious discussion about how we're going to manage immigration it's in the future. It's distracting.
1: It's a distraction. But we have it's to talk about the roots of the of the symbol in order to get past it. Yes. Well, yes. you know, maybe they'll start having
0: conversations in the White House about. Jungian symbolism and the wall. <laughs>
1: like,
0: you know, that's our hope. Maybe we can recommend we start
1: twenty nineteen with with great aspirations.
0: Right. Instead of, you know, uh, whatever they're planning budgets. on doing. Budgets
1: taxes.
0: Proposals. Okay. We should have a we should have Trump have a conversation on Jungian symbolism. That's I'm our, sure
1: they would have a lot of fun.
0: That's our answer. Yeah. That's our solution to the problem. Tom, thank you so much. Thank you. So we're forty five minutes in, which means our hour is up. Mind of State is a production of Mind of State Media, LLC, and Hanger Studios, NYC. one of your hosts, Michael Epstein.
1: And I'm Betty Tang. You can connect with us on Twitter at Mind of State Media, on Facebook, and on our website, mindofstate.com.
0: You can also subscribe to our show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next week.
1: Thank you.